Hello, and welcome to the Emperor's New Podcast, where we explore every corner of the Emperor's New Groove universe. Today, I am joined once again by Miss Jukebox 8. Okay, I messed up my intro the last time I was on here, so I gotta think of something. Oh, wait, no, it's my turn already. Uh, got, uh, move on to the next guy. Jake, I still don't know how to pronounce your name. I'm sorry. It's okay, nobody does. Can you tell me anyways? <laughs> yes, I can tell you anyway. Uh, my last name uh, is actually roughly translates in polish to fat <laughs> but oh. it's but nito jadlow that's my last name <laughs> that sounds like a star wars character nito jadlow knee and n-i-e yeah and joining us for the very first time you may know him for his documentary persistence of vision please welcome kevin track good to be here thank you for having me and today we will be talking about The Emperor's New School, Season 2, Episode 19, Auction Action, Slash, The Astonishing Cusco-Man. This is an interesting pair of episodes, uh, and it is one of two episodes uh, of a uh, Disney Channel show that are about, like, auctioning off dates of the students, yeah. and also features Miley Cyrus as a major character. Yeah. So this is... I don't well, know why that was such a trope. How like common are like these like bachelor and bachelorette auctions that I like, wouldn't know because I uh, I wasn't in high school um till around like the year the show ended and at that point uh, and when I was in high school it was all everything I did was online so I've never been to a public physical high school so i have no idea if this is a thing or how common it is or what i i mean i i've been to a couple schools that were physical and existed uh and i've never heard of anything like this happening at them yeah it's but weird uh -uh. i apparently they happen enough to the disney channel writers in the early 2000s for them <laughs> to make multiple episodes with this theme Considering this was in the mid 2000s, like this is what people thought high school life was like. And it's like the other sitcoms from the other channels did not take note of this. Like, I don't remember an episode of Law and Order SVU or iCarly having people auctioned off. Yeah, I I, I mean, that uh, I would, I, that would be for iCarly. I, I don't want to imagine that. Yeah, nope. I th don't. Shows gave me a very skewed idea of what high school was actually going to be like. Nobody broke into song even once my entire yeah, time. Yeah, I was going to say, I was, I thought, well, I always thought that high school would be some kind of musical. <laughs> okay, yeah, great. And, but it, that, that didn't happen, and I was disappointed about it. I never joined the Pink Ladies because the Pink Ladies never existed. <laughs> I don't even know. What's the Pink Ladies? Everybody thought high school would be like the movie Grease. That's from, oh it's right, from... you, oh like the like the plastics from Mean Girls. Yeah, that's what essentially what the 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 plastics were based off of the mean the the pink ladies from Grease. Interesting, but they they, they were only pink on Wednesdays. <laughs> the pink ladies so were pink. Every... <laughs> the basic premise is pretty much what Miss Jukebox said. There's an for some reason they're auctioning off the male students as bachelors um i it's difficult for me to explain this because it is so weird um and cusco is a jerk because he's cusco of um, course so Molina was gonna 
apparently was going to consider betting on him, but uh, he was a jerk, so that turned her off from it. So she you bets ruined on... your one chance with this girl by just being a jerk. How? Why? What have you done, Cusco? And... We spent hour and a half learning about the lesson about being a jackass a literal jackass because he was a donkey but <laughs> no he was a llama <laughs> a llama i keep forgetting <laughs> he looks so similar do they i, I well a long well next donkey Cusco never learns anything of course yeah. why not it's uh <laughs> well, has how many times that seems to be a trope in and of itself of like cartoons specifically particularly of that era of just uh jerks who learn have to learn not to be a jerk like every single episode or every other episode or something i mean it's not just cartoons from the early 2000s have you ever watched the goldbergs no <laughs> the 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 it, it like they, they like the the mother in that show like learns the lesson of stop being like so overprotective of your kids like every single episode, and That's it never sticks. Sitcom, and it's so just many sitcom writers uh, don't seem to have figured out the balance between having a character actually develop and still having them be the character. They it's like there's ways you could have Cusco not be this much of a jackass and still behave like Cusco. There's just some writers are just allergic to character development. Yeah. Not just allergic, like repellent from it. Yeah. But Cusco's not even like uh I don't really care that much about Cusco. <laughs> um at least in the show. Um so Melina tries to make Cusco jealous, and then Cusco tries to make Melina jealous by getting Miley Cyrus to bet on him. Yeah, so and then Miley Cyrus like spends all of his money, so he's broke for the rest of the episode. Yep. Wait, when did this episode come out? Because if it's Miley Cyrus in like 2006, 2007, she was in every single Disney Disney show. She was. She was in the replace. You want to know something funny? She was in the first season of The Replacements. Do you know who they got to when they re needed her character to come back for the second season of The Replacements? Do you know who they got to voice her because they couldn't get Miley Cyrus? Emily Osment? No, Jessica DeChico. Oh, who who's who who is that again? The voice of Melina. Oh my gosh, really? Yes. That it's is just... that that is funny. That's funny. I I didn't know that. Uh I forgot that she was in the replacements. I I would love to watch that show again, but Disney hasn't put season two on Disney Plus yet. Season two isn't on Disney Plus. No, well, not last I checked. That was one of those one. weird shows where they did like the American Dragon thing, where they just completely changed all the character designs for the second season for some reason. I mean, not really. Although there was one character that did get a redesign, uh, because uh, for. Uh, because there was a character in the first season that like only wore this like anime superhero outfit, and then the next season she stopped wearing that all the time. And she's voiced by Lauren Tom. Oh, really? Yeah. Not kidding. Anyway, for enough about the replacements, back to Emperor's New School. Uh, um, and they go to some fancy restaurant that I don't know the name of because they don't tell us. <laughs> uh, it, it's uh. Closed Ed on Sundays, I believe. 
Um, Apparently the only fancy restaurant in town that isn't Mudka's. Uh, well, Mudka's, I, is, Mudka's is a greasy diner slash fast food place. So, Yeah, I really like that uh, be because Miley Cyrus's character is the waitress from Mudka's, and I really like that she's just so impressed about how, like, they have the bare minimum of fanciness at this place. Like they have real towels and not and not paper towels. Uh, yeah. Oh, also, I, I before I forget, I just gotta say that Guaca's suit at the at the uh, auction. I thought like the the hot pink suit that was snazzy. He was rocking that outfit. And he was um who I he, as you know I just interviewed some of him but mostly his voice actor in the last episode oh right yeah i still need to watch that or listen to that episode i don't watch these episodes i mean i i well, guess a, I could... there's a couple on youtube and one of them is actually the zoom the zoom call um, oh the cool. one I, yeah, the interview yeah. i did with jp manu is like the actual zoom call so you can actually see me and him in it on youtube um, i i gotta remember to watch that um I say um a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> a lot of these um, episodes, as I watched them so much during Saturday morning, but like, yeah, I was the only one. I, I skipped Fox Kids and instead went to the ABC Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah. And I think uh, at this point, like, I think they only played like the first seven or nine or something episodes of this on ABC Kids. So the, there was an entire half of season and a whole season that was not on abc kids really i yeah, believe I, so yeah i i just remember seeing a lot of the same episodes on saturday mornings they would just recycle the same ones probably yeah. because and there's 52 episodes so it's not like they didn't have a lot to work with i think i ended up watching most of these episodes well i mean the the show used to be on netflix back when i was a kid yes it was on but obviously but obviously it wasn't it isn't anymore but uh, I think it was either that that I watched it most of on it, or it was YouTube uploads because this was back when YouTube had much less stricter copyright rules, so yeah. you could just upload full episodes of of TV shows, and no one cared as long as you just split them into parts. Yeah. Um. And what? I just this is uh. And this I feel this will come more into play in the next segment, but I just want to say, and I've probably said this like a hundred times already, uh, I really enjoy Patrick Warburton uh, doing anything. I mean, yeah, Patrick Warburton is fantastic. Kronk is like one of the best characters. That's the end of the sentence. He's one of the best characters. Are we getting the Chad Joe Swanson? <laughs> Wait, what about Joe Swanson? Are we forgetting the Chad Joe Swanson? Oh, yeah. I mean, he, has, has he's Patrick pretty great. Has, has Patrick Warburton ever played a character named Chad? I I don't know if he has, but I, I, I feel like he... What was the name of his character in B-Movie? Uh, um, Ken. Ken. Ken? Okay, I, I mean, mean, that's pretty close, kind of. You know that movie is very unrealistic, because who on earth would leave Patrick Warburton for a B? I know that lady apparently. Uh, a, a bee voiced by Jerry Seinfeld, even. Uh, yeah, what's the deal with? And that movie has Patrick Warburton and John Goodman and Sting in it. 
Oh, wow. Wow. That was like just uh, like a mini Emperor's New Groove reunion. Uh, And I didn't even realize that. Also, can I just say that this episode uh, made me very hungry for spinach puffs. And I do not at all relate to Melina being grossed out by the puff boat at the end. Uh, Well, there were a lot of them, to be fair. I mean, yeah, that is a lot of food. Uh, It it was definitely meant to be eaten by more than one person but um yeah i was gonna say this both of these actually episodes kind of made me hungry because i had a very early lunch today so it's been a while since i've eaten um so they both made me hungry because there's a little bit of food related stuff in the next one too um and basically the rest of the episode is Cusco and melina trying to one-up each other i guess I gotta say that th- this episode made me feel so bad for Yada because, like, she seems, like, so sweet and she deserves yeah. way better than Cusco in this episode. Or any episode. Ev- but... Everyone deserves better than Cusco. <laughs> Everyone deserves better than Cusco. Uh... And that's why the internet really annoys me. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, what about the internet annoying you? Oh, um, so there used to be like takes on the internet all the time about people being like, "Why is Melina being so mean to Cusco?" Yeah, because Cusco is a jerk. Like, Cusco all the deserves time. better. Like, no, he doesn't. <laughs> like, if if you watch the show, which I, if you're listening to this podcast, I hope you do. Uh, you'll know that, like, he is just such a jerk all the time. Like, yeah. I was surprised, like, watching these back. I was like, wow, I knew he was a jerk, but I did not realize the levels of jerkiness. Yeah, but... on, like, on the level of Raw and Cooked, he's definitely on, like, the Cooked scale. <laughs> yeah, I, that, I think that makes sense. <laughs> he's definitely um... on the of beef jerky ah uh, yes yes okay. uh, i i see i see what you did there that, that there's was a, not that was a lot a i can thing. come up with to say about this episode because i'm mostly more interested in the one that comes after it i mean the i mean the interesting thing to say about this episode i think is that uh this is one of the I believe few episodes that actually like slightly leans into the Cusco and Molina shipping yeah they lean a little bit more into it, like in the last like three episodes. Yeah, but uh, or so. Like, like um, the, the the previous three episodes before this, or like the last three episodes of the entire um, show. of the entire show. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 think I remember a bit of that, but I, I don't know. It was, it, it was, it was a little nice knowing that, like, ah, oh, they actually do kind of have feelings for each other, but also it was under leveled by uh, Cusco just being terrible generally. Yeah, I don't. I don't the shipping is not something I really care about. Okay. I it's something I cared about when I was 12. So Well, uh, I I I might have, I don't remember. <laughs> uh I think and I think again like everyone, I think Melina deserves like anybody that's better than Cusco. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, he has his moments. Very few, but he has some of them, I think. Who in the hell in the Monarch would would be as good for her than anybody? Well, I mean, why do why 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 does why do I have to marry uh someone in the monarchy? Why not just marry like I don't know uh, that one guy? The Parliament. The part marry the owls. Does uh, they don't does even have kid- to marry? You know, they don't even have to marry. Just like do whatever you want. <laughs> did Did Cusco dissolve the Parliament? I don't know, but like, did did they ever have a Parliament? I. Does does did ancient Inca have a parliament? I don't know. Uh, All I know is he has a bunch of servants, and some of them are higher ups officials, and I think they're the ones who are making all the decisions while he's in school. He has like a couple advisors. Uh, Isma used to be one of them. Yeah, he has a royal record keeper who seems to be and the one who's uh managing things while Cusco is not on the throne. From what I'm, when I understand, like powers that be outside like there is no like things to make laws or confirm judges or whatever like who who would be a cusco judge uh, cusco and they turn him into a kangaroo aha i also see what you did there aha that that that, that's in the words of fozzy bear waka waka yeah this was speaking of waka waka uh yeah i was gonna say uh, my in conclusion, um, the only thing I really like—I mean, I don't hate this episode, but it's definitely one of the weaker ones. The only thing that really is of note and of interesting to me, um, is that Molina, uh, can sometimes be, uh, petty, even though she's still better than Cusco. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that 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 was interesting. I I thought like. It, it it was interesting to see like that happening. I don't know what to say more, but yeah, it it was interesting to see Molina be petty for once. Yeah. Uh and also the Spanish puffs look delicious. Uh mm. I don't does anyone have anything else to say about the segment or we can just move on to the next one if we want. I like the buy it now option joke. I thought that was yeah. funny. E remember eBay? It's eBay's still a thing, right? <laughs> yeah, I I've used the buy it now option a couple times on eBay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I guess that I, eBay was a newer thing when this episode came out. Maybe I don't even think it was. Like eBay was a thing in the nineties, at least. Was I mean, it? the internet was a thing, and then was like started taking off in the late nineties. So. I but wasn't alive in the '90s, so I don't know how things were. Um, I was alive. Um, I got to be five in the '90s, and then after that, it was the 2000s. <laughs> oh, cool. Uh, oh, also, yeah. I thought it was. In, I was a bit confused about the Coos credit card because, yeah. because like he he would like. Who is giving him this money? Is is like is the Coos credit card just like funded from taxes from the like who gives him an allowance? I don't I, know that his assets it, are supposed to be frozen, so I don't know. Just think I, of it like, like that scene from Batman and Robin where he has a bat credit card. It's the same logic as this that. This is why Pajama Llama works alone. It, 
it's uh, the yeah. money to to both him and Batman. So yeah. Uh... All right, okay. uh, Kevin. Did you have anything you wanted to say about this? Well, I'm just I'm just glad that I'm here as surrounded by groove heads. Um, that really is that are what we're called groove heads. Is experts that... on this subject matter. I'm I'm learning a lot. Like like who uh, but with groove. I don't know. Did I did I misspeak? I, I didn't want to offend if I use the wrong no, vernacular. I, I I don't have a name for it, so I don't care. You can we're, call we're, it. We're, we're, I'm just so. Are we like Cusconians? Maybe no. We're let's not call ourselves that. Uh, yeah. I, it would have to be like Cus, like some kind of pun on Cusco. Uh, Cuscateers. The, well, the, we're the Cuscateers. Yes. I Cusco think what's really important about this episode is that it just reveals how transcendent Kronk is. Um, as you know, we we refer to him as a as a character, and sure he is, but he's a character in more than one sense of the definition right i mean yeah. he's not just a series of drawings brought to life through the magic of animation he's not just the voice of the uh ever charming patrick warburton he's he's he he feels like someone that you could know someone that you could like be a neighbor with or a friend with perhaps if yeah. you had the privilege um when he says you know zip up my puff um i felt that you know <laughs> Kronk is a comic genius and his conflict over what puffs to get on date night, I mean, obviously his attention is toward his date, which is just shows how much of a gentleman he is. But deep down, Kronk's turmoil is over what puff to purchase. You know, we'll yeah. get the classic spinach. Yeah. We'll get the spaghetti and meatball. I mean, he even mentions with, you know, great excitement that they have international puffs for sale. And I was just so taken by how complex and rich this character's, you know, view on the world is and his and his wanting to be a part of it, but also wanting, but also trying to embrace who he is. Kronk will always be the misfit, the outsider. And I think we've all been Kronk at some point and always had to deal with, you know, a high stakes scenario like like a date or or a job interview or you know perhaps one's wedding um or or writing a will and testament but at the end of the day we're really just concerned which puff am i going to purchase <laughs> and i i just i i was really moved by that by that by the the sincerity and the gravitas in his in his um you know it, it's not it's not the focal point of the of this of the episode but i think it's the fulcrum of the episode the emotional fulcrum of the episode and i think that's why we keep coming back to this masterpiece is that kronk wants to know and i don't know if it's an answerable question but wants to know which puff shall i purchase mrs puff couldn't have said it better myself my thing oh, with that mrs. Was puff. take it easy it's just a drawing <laughs> What about Reese's Puffs? Reese's Puffs. Beat him up, beat him up, beat him up, beat him up. Um, I like pie. <laughs> Ex- As oh, do I. A bomb. A bomb factory. They're bombs. <laughs> pie Puffs. 
Um, Mika, you you described to me when you were when you Micah, were pitching sorry. this. Mike, I'm so sorry, Micah. It's okay, Micah. Um, I my apologies. I when you were describing this show to me, you said that this episode was specifically um, a divisive one. Could could no, we the whole explore... show is divisive. <laughs> the whole show is divisive, like the series. Yeah. Okay. Is there is there a reason why that's part of the discourse? Um. Well, mostly it's just. Well, the play obviously is, and like, how could it be? It's not as good as a movie, right? <laughs> uh huh. Well, you know, I mean, that's it's understandable. I've I've seen the movie twice in my life. I saw it once in theaters in December of two thousand, um, about twenty three years ago, and I saw it a second time um, with friends. Um, after a few drinks, we were just hanging out in the living room. Um, but it's one of those, you know, masterworks of cinema that never leaves you. I mean, it's one of those things that I may have only seen The Emperor's New Groove twice in my life, but it's one of these things that just keeps coming back. It'll never leave you, this film. It's something that you think about morning, noon, and night. I, I know I do, at least, and I'm sure every <laughs> single... I mean, that's, that's why we're here, right? I mean, that's why we're here talking about this essential classic i don't even want to call it a movie i don't i don't think that does this this film justice i think it's a an, an important masterwork in the western canon of art and you know when you have something that's that special you know who are we to judge if the powers that be want to make a spin-off series on television right i mean a continuation of this narrative, of these characters that we've grown to love. I mean, again, I feel like I've, I've only seen the movie twice, but I feel like I've seen it an infinite number of times because it just sticks with you. And I mean, that's why we're all here, right? I mean, why else would we be describing and talking about this to such length and to such detail unless it was such a significant work? And I think the series attempted to capture that magic. And, you know, I think it did. I think it's just as good as the movie. I think it has just as much weight, just as much uh, power, just as much pathos as the feature. Um, I, I, that's why I was a little surprised that it was considered a divisive program. I, I, I think it completely delivers on what we as Grooveheads have come to expect from uh, you know, a continuation of the Emperor's New Groove and this beloved character of Cusco. I mean, who who couldn't love Cusco? I mean, he's there's there's no way that you could, you know, he's a character who is so full of himself, so self-absorbed. Um, you know, who 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 couldn't who couldn't love that, you know? I mean, Cusco rules. That's that. what Guaca says all the time. Right. And you know, Guaca's interesting too. You know, when I was watching the episode. Guaca comes in and there's something Sisyphean about Guaca. I mean, he's continually rolling the boulder up the hill. And yes, it keeps coming back down, but I think we're all Guaca. I think if we were in that universe, if we had the, the blessing, the privilege to live in the world of an emperor's new groove, um, we would be just as starstruck as Guaca, right? I mean, <laughs> being in his shadow of, of Cusco's shadow would just be overwhelming. Um you know, he's such a charming, endearing character. You can see why everybody loves him and why this was such a massive success. I'm so glad that this that this film that's had such a success 
is still being appreciated to this day by every new generation and generations that come. So I don't know. I, I want to thank you all for for devoting so much to this uh, to this podcast. I was here for the free food. How much did Cusco pay you to say all that? He paid me in uh, 15 Cusco bucks. Okay. That... Oh, that is that is that worth more than than a coos coin? Is is that not what it is? The currency? I be, I believe it was I believe it was coos coins, but I don't know it's been a while Coos-coins since this show was on the air. He might have changed it. So it doesn't really matter because sometimes they just use the word they just use dollars, so it doesn't really. Oh, really? Matter. <laughs> well, I was going to say the same thing. I mean, that's part of the the impressive world building of this series, right? I mean. You know, on one hand, you have an episode where everyone is, you know, really concerned about how many coups coins they have to impress their date on date night. And then in the subsequent episode, um, we have our superhero character, um, Kuzco Man, or Kuzco Man, um, holding up bags that clearly have American dollar um, uh, signs on them. But um, that just shows the universality of the series. Uh, the, the economy in Inca is in shambles. Wow, Patrick, that was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that, that 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 was very nicely said. Uh, well, well, do we have anything now? now since uh, he he brought up uh, the next segment, the astonishing Cusco man, shall we continue on to that one? Yes, the next segment is called the astonishing Cusco man, or if you want to be pedantic, the astonishing Cusco hyphen man, I believe. Uh... You gotta remember the hyphen between Cusco and man. <laughs> Um, and Yzma has this ray like that, that I guess she bought from somewhere and doesn't know what it's going to do, but thinks it will destroy Cusco. She bought it from Yzmart, which I, I am assuming is just like a store specifically for Yzma to yeah. buy, uh, evil devices. Well, when, when they, when they were building, when they were just naming things, uh, Yzma really wanted something named after her. So they were like, oh, okay, you can get the convenience store. Yeah, yeah. Cusco was just like, okay, everything in the kingdom is named after me, but this one store gets to be you. <laughs> yeah. That's that's my, my the way I thought of it. Makes everything sense. Everything is named after Cusco except for the E-Smart. <laughs> um... She bought this ray and she flicks it on Cusco and uh he gets superpowers. Because I mean uh and, and it also brings us the uh very funny line, flick the toggle, Kronk. Yeah, a very obviously a variation on uh turn the le- pull the lever. Yeah, I just I just like that I, I, I know this like show has like a lot of running gags based on like one-off things from the movie but i really like the like the the variation that they have on the jokes occasionally yeah it's fun uh also so the the machine gives him superpowers but also apparently last night gave bucky superpowers uh where was that episode uh well I I believe it I, I believe they made a movie about it called Captain America the Winter Soldier. Uh, Bucky. Yes. 
But Bucky uh, the Squirrel and Bucky from Captain America are the same character. This is a film theory. Well, they're uh, both owned by Disney, so... <laughs> yeah, they are! Where, where is the Emperor's New Groove Captain America crossover we're clearly all craving? Well, I mean, you... I mean, uh... Would, would, Cusco, would Cusco just be Tony Stark then? Uh, but I, I feel like Cusco and Tony Stark would, uh butt heads a lot but you know there there is uh, an opening for a tony stark character now because of semi-recent this events like if tony stark and deadpool had a baby oh that's a terrifying thought <laughs> <laughs> now it would be like if olivia benson and elliot stabler had a baby um yes i too know who those people are uh <laughs> so then cusco just like uh, abuses all his superpowers as a previous and up-and-coming dictator would. <laughs> With great power comes great irresponsibility. Uh, Nobody took Uncle Ben's words. Yeah, yeah. C- Cusco does not care what Uncle Ben has to say. Well, I'm going you- well, to listen to Rice. What? They changed, they changed the name of that. It's just Ben's now, but... Um, there used to be a rice called Uncle Ben's, but they changed the name for obvious reasons. It was racist, um, like uh, Aunt Jemima. Oh, I thought it was because Marvel sued them. <laughs> that would be funnier, but no, um, it is problematic. And uh, well, well, that's a shame. Yeah, I don't feel like I need to go into detail about why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, let's not let, let's not go into detail about that. This is the Emperor's New Groove podcast. So, um, Cusco eats Melina's lunch with a vacuum cleaner mouth. Which he clearly got from Kirby. Is that, is that on a super, is the vacuum cleaner mouth one of the powers on the superpowers wiki? Uh, maybe. Hang on, let me look, look it up. Uh, uh, superpowers wiki, I am literally looking this up right now. Uh, uh. Uh, there, there is a, uh, there is something called vacuum attacks. That is, uh, that, that is one of the powers. Uh, there's vacuum manipulation. You can manipulate Uh, vacuum cleaners? I, I get, I guess so. I, it seems like it's just, it's just like creating like, like, like vacuuming a vortex into the, it's basically it's basically the Kirby power, pretty much. Uh, yeah. I think, anyway. I don't know. The um, anyway, so... that that that's one of the powers he has. Uh, and uh, you you were talking about Waka Waka earlier, but uh, and that that is, in fact. Uh, they they reference that in this thing because Waka keeps trying to become. Cusco's sidekick, and one yeah. of his aliases is Guaca Waka, who uh, trying to be the Fozzie to his Kermit. Yeah, and uh, so really, Cusco's much more of a Miss Piggy, if we're honest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Uh, more of a Sam the Eagle because he's kind of in like that leadership role, but that's the only Sam Eagle comparison I can think of. 
Yeah, I, I don't know if he's really. I I feel like I feel like if anything, Isma would be Sam the Eagle. You know, Cusco more of a New Zealand. Cusco is more of a. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that as a him as New Zealand. The land will see my fish come but back. Anyways, to... those two guys who play checkers, they're Sattler and Waldorf. Like it's like canon in the show. Oh yeah, I mean there there literally was an episode where they like did the Stadler and Waldorf routine, except they didn't do the laugh, uh, yeah. but they were two old men in like a balcony watching a show. Don't My favorite off. part was the end. Why? It, it was, was the, the end. end. Um, uh, no, was that it? was fun. Gotcha. But it it's just the... not the same if they don't do the do. Actually, that do ho ho wasn't even what they used to laugh. It was only after they changed it when the original two people did Stellar and Waldorf died. They changed it to do ho ho. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. because they kind of that was their that that was their um the mar that was the Marley Brothers laugh, and then they stuck with it through uh, Muppets Tonight, and then when they changed. <laughs> Uh, actors again after Muppets Tonight. That's when they switched it back to their. <laughs> you know, so I just love that uh, one of the. So obviously one of the Marleys is Jacob Marley because that's the name of the character in the book, and they decided to name his brother Robert. Oh uh, yeah, like Bob Marley. That <laughs> yep. it took me so long to get that joke. Uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, uh, I did not realize that there was so much deep history behind the laugh that Staller and Waldorf do. Uh, well, the Muppets have been going on for like until I out Muppets Tonight when you know, because I didn't even I didn't even remember that Muppets Tonight existed until I watched like an episode with the uh, with the letting the days go by. So after I saw that clip, I was like, oh, my gosh, there used to be a show that only ran for a few seasons. Yeah, I would. And, I would like. I would still love to see Kermit sing "Psycho Killer." That 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 that's another show they need to put on Disney Plus. Get on that Disney. Yeah, Muppets tonight. Tonight. Oh yeah, they need. To, that's what they need to do. They need to get do a reboot of Muppets Tonight, but it's but it's starring the Muppets from the Mupp from from the Muppets twenty eleven. Have the have the host be named Bifford instead of Clifford. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Cusco's creepy. <laughs> oh yeah, Cusco uh get it gets to be a little bit of a creep using his powers. Yeah. Uh, uh which is awkward to see these days. Yeah. And he doesn't even also he he's using them purely out of uh because he has them. Because there's a window right next to him. Yeah. But also, why is there a window there anyway? I don't know. I I I mean, Cusco controls like everything that happens in this kingdom, kind of. So like maybe he had it installed there, but forgot about it. I don't know. <laughs> um, and Guaca also tries to be a mole and a mole. Because he and so they reference his that the fact that his name is a play on guacamole and his character. Wait, did it? Did he try to be a mole or did he try to be a gecko or did he try to be both? He tried to be both. Uh, A mole themed superhero named Guacamole and Gecko Guaca. 
they they just really like making guacamole jokes in this show. There's like yeah, the two t- different characters the whose te- names the teacher's are guacamole. Name is Mala Guaco. And then his substitute teacher's name is Nada Impa. What? Oh wait, is that oh that that that's an empanada joke. I didn't even get that until now. I yeah. thought it was a reference. A, a what? what reference? A Zelda reference, because Zelda has an Impa. I well, mean it could be it's... both. It's spelled N A D A. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's it's a it's a because one is Malaguaco, the other one's not an Impa joke, and he's it, and not an Impa is played by uh, John DiMaggio. DiMaggio. The, the, the they really liked making food puns in this show. I think and Mr. Malaguaco is voiced by uh, Curtis Armstrong. Oh, neat. I can't believe heard a voice of the voice of guy in this show who probably mm-hmm. still bender yeah sorry you cut off a little bit what did you say they they got a they got a uh, john dimaggio to play a character like bender in a show which requires him to use his bender voice <laughs> Either they may they uh, i'm surprised you know that the in uh they they got john dimaggio to be in a cartoon that's amazing well, that's cool Probably because he was busy with Futurama at the time. He was busy with Futurama, so they got him to be... Have you seen his documentary? He had a I... documentary? Yeah, he John DiMaggio made a documentary about voice acting. Oh, that's cool. I think it was called yeah. The Voice. I know that voice. I know that voice. And um, a bunch of voice actors, obviously, are in it. Um Jessica DeChico is one of them, and obviously, if you're going to have a voice acting documentary, you're going to have Tara Strong in there somewhere. Um, and of course, she's like mandatory to be in everything. I think Ju- they actually got June Foray to be in it. Yeah, that um, woman lived a long time. Let's get to this is let's get to when it really starts like uh, getting interesting. Uh, Yzma went to Mudka's and they charged her extra for cheese. Which I believe was probably a... a I, I don't know if this is the thing, but I feel like that's a jab at Chipotle. <laughs> um, So she decides to turn uh, to turn the ray on herself. And at first, she decides... Well, first she just okay. That's not the first. The first plan she comes up with is to make a super salad with the ray and make a movie about it. Um, Which I feel like I want to see that movie. But you know that would spawn like a, a whole super salad cinematic universe. Yeah, and then we would, and then uh, we we would be uh, doing the salads new podcast, and that 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 would be a whole thing. Um. And then she decides she's going to use the super ray on herself so she can uh, basically attack the people at Mudka's for charging extra. But she also realizes that she has superpowers so she can get rid of Cusco as well. Anyways, um, she cranked the ray up to medium so now she's really buff. And uh, yes, I did show uh, an image of that to Agatha Vile, if you were wondering. Uh, oh, how, how did she react to that? Um, I, yeah. I, I don't remember what that image is from, but she has this image she reacts to. It's like a girl like blushing or something. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought she might react somewhat like that. Um, 
Not that I've met Agatha Vile and know anything about what she's like, but I I, I have heard from a Spookbox who was on an episode with her, who was a different person from me. I swear. Uh, Just like Amzy is a different principal. Amzy is a different person from Isma. Yeah, exactly. Wait. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> so then uh, they Kronk yells at Cusco, which is the best part of the episode. Yeah, it, it's nice to see someone. It's nice to see Kronk actually like just uh, just just like actually like uh, t- tell off Cusco for being a jerk uh, entirely because he's just not as good a superhero as Pajama Llama. Uh, and for anyone who doesn't know who Pajama Llama is, he's a superhero llama, like anthropomorphic llama uh, in like comics and, comics and radio, which also, which both exist in the Inca times, <laughs> who uh, defeats villains by turning their clothes into pajamas in public. It's a very it's a it's a consistent running gag throughout this whole series that Kronk is uh, a big fan of Pajama Llama. That it it's amazing it's amazing that that wasn't a thing from the movie with how much they reference it. Uh, Yeah, that that is like one of their main original running jokes. Yeah, well, it's also like it's a running joke, but it's also like becomes a part of his character. Yeah. And I, 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 there's I think one-offs it's one-offs and added... there's character jokes. And I feel like they, those they are like different. added to the mythos. Yeah. Or the... it feels so silly saying the groove mythos, but you know, uh, the, it, uh, it makes sense. I think that Kronk would just be a fanboy over this superhero for his character, um, as one of the many, uh, his many hyperfixations, basically is this character along with cooking and talking to animals. Um, uh-huh. That, that, that makes sense. Kronk is an autistic icon. Yeah. Yes. Pretty much. Yeah. Hey, um, Gusco. I can't hey, speak. Hey, hey Peter. Hey, Peter. Have you met Gusco? Have you met Bonnie? Why didn't Kronk hey, Bonnie, have Bonnie? Have you met Tiffany? Hey, Bonnie, come uh, live in the kingdom with me. I can't do a Patrick Warburton impression. Uh, 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 I'm hey, your Peter. Hey, Peter, is this what his voice sounds like? Hey, I don't Peter, think it's so. me, Lois. <laughs> this is turning into Family Guy very, very fast. <laughs> well, that's the... That's like half the fun is just going on random things. First the time me and Bonnie went to Cusco's kingdom. Cutaway gag. Well, welcome to the Emperor's new podcast where we have, talk about Family Guy. Have you seen? <laughs> I'm assuming you haven't because it it's well, one of the later episodes and the show is not good anymore. I mean, some would argue if it was ever good, but um. I've watched like every episode of this show, but it's been a while since I watched most yep. of them. No, I meant Family Guy. Oh, oh, well, I haven't, I haven't watched much. No, of I Family think this Guy. show actually, in my opinion, uh, this the later episodes are better than the early episodes. Yeah, but uh, what, what what are you saying about Family Guy? There's an episode of Family Guy, and I'm pretty sure it's not him, where they replace Peter with David Spade, and 
Cleve, I think it's Cleveland, who I guess has moved back by this point, uh, doesn't know who David Spade is. So Joe Swanson lists off a thing, all the things he knows David Spade from, and they neither mention the Emperor's New Groove nor Rules of Engagement, which also had Patrick Warburton and David Spade in it. And that was a missed opportunity. Well, of course, because if the Emperor's New Groove exists in the same world as Family Guy, then that then the world would just implode upon itself, and we can't have that. Well, apparently, uh, Stitch exists there because they mentioned him in one episode, doing uh, as a Disney on Ice character, dancing with Sebastian or something. Uh, I mean, was Patrick Warburton in Lilo and Stitch? I don't know. I don't think so. I, he should have been one of the experiments, though. That would have been, in the series. That would have been cool. That would have been that would have been awesome. They they should have done an Emperor's New School and Lilo and Stitch crossover. Where yeah, they... Lilo and Stitch was on its way to ending by the time. That's literally the only reason I can think of they didn't, because, uh, you know, time travel definitely exists in the Lilo and Stitch series. Yeah, I mean they do. I mean they do do time travel at least once, but it does not work well with them. It 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 goes very poorly. There's time like travel whole... also. Time travel also exists, incidentally, in the Ember's New School. So, yeah, and, uh, more than once. Um, it does. That's true, and also, uh, it 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 also exists in the Platypus's New Groove, mm-hmm. which is an awesome animation that uh uh micah did and i am also in it as ferb and it's cool anyway uh shameless plug uh yeah i'm gonna plug it probably a second time later (laughs) awesome i was gonna do that anyway uh you you can do it too i don't care cool we can Um, we can do it together anyway yzma uh everyone is mad at cusco then yzma attacks cusco um, and Cusco can't fight back because the powers wore off. Because in the TV show, things wear off unless the plot doesn't need them to. Or things wear off when the plot needs them to and don't when the plot doesn't need them to. Uh, of course, the, ever, the least convenient thing is what always happens. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so Cusco demands help from everyone. And this part... This part always kind of bugged me, but I know they only had, like, so many minutes left in the episode. Um, They say, why don't we get our own superpowers? And then it shows a fake montage of them with fake superpowers. I always wondered, why didn't they just... Everyone knows where that lab is, so why didn't they just go into the lab and use the ray to get real superpowers? Because it's funnier this way. And this whole... And, like, this whole thing of, like, the fake superpowers has just been like is just like stuck in my head it's one of those one of those scenes that just has lived rent free in my head since childhood where the i just love how the announcer is just is just like she tries to move objects with her mind (laughs) he does she doesn't do it but she she tries really hard she uh guaca sort of inflates to ward off foes uh With her above-average night vision, she can see pretty well in the dark. Yeah, I just, I just love how like they're like just completely downplaying the powers, but just like still talking about them super seriously. It's it's hilarious to me for some reason. But fortunately, that uh, that 
opening sequence, I guess you could call it, uh, is long enough to distract Yzma uh, and sh her powers wear off too. And they have a whole conversation in midair, which is my fi uh, another thing I really like. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, it's the... It's look. It's the first law of cartoon physics. Don't look down. I yeah. or you will fall. I learned this from Acme University. Uh, it's like one of the first things you learned there. Uh, yeah, one of the first learned Peter. One of the first things you learned, Peter. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> one of the first things you learned, Peter, is that. Uh, you got to say it with a bee beater. Uh, beater. And you got to tell Bonnie about it, too. Bonnie. You know, Bonnie was also, you know, Bonnie and Chicha were both. Well, actually, Bonnie Bonnie was pregnant for much longer than Chicha was. First of all, Bonnie, you've been pregnant for like six years. You either have the baby or don't. But then eventually they were just like, oh, fuck it. And she had a baby. Um, And it was weird. And Bonnie is also the name of a character in Lilo and Stitch. Yes, how did it all related to Billy? Bonnie, Bonnie and Clyde. Yes, Bonnie after, and Clyde named they after are... the famous. Uh, I'm trying to think. I couldn't think. I was going to come up with named after the the burglars. I was trying to come up with a joke, but I couldn't. Or the the criminals, the outlaws. Yeah, the Bonnie famous criminals from that one musical. Yeah, that guys one. and dogs. Who are either experiments one four nine and one five zero, or three four nine and three five zero, depending on what episode. I wanted to look up if there was an experiment called for experiment four twenty, and I think there is, but it's not. Uh, what did you make not, everybody? It's not it, what they didn't use it to make we to make people high or anything, and that disappoints me. There definitely was an experiment four twenty. Uh, apparently, their name is Curdle. Uh, but they never officially appeared in the show, so who who knows what the, their deal is? It's ex it's experiment four twenty. Gotta catch him, Bonnie. It's gonna make everybody in the town high. <laughs> uh, app apparently, uh, according to the uh, Jumba's experiment files wiki, which I'm sure is a very accurate source. Uh, considering the only image of this character is sourced from deviant art. Oh. Uh, I hope it's not like really big and fat or something. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's not like that at all. It's just a weird recolor of one of the other characters. Uh, it's a but, sanic recolor. Apparently, uh, apparently he was voiced not, by yeah. Frank Welker, which I'm sure is very accurate. And you can look it up on his IMDb page. Sparky uh, is voiced by Frank Welker. And uh, his experiment ability is using a slime contained within its body to spoil all types of dairy products by reacting with the lactose, causing great food shortages across the cosmos! Uh, oh, so which I guess also probably uh, uh, probably also gets you high or something. I don't know. Did you know, did you know as the, in the later seasons of Phineas and Ferb, when the writers were trying to remember something, they would go to the wiki that was fan made. That that's amazing, and I'm glad that that's a thing. Uh, I, that I mean, there there's a lot of like for for those long running shows. I'm sure it's easy to forget some things. Like I know yeah. that like 
the creators of Homestar Runner are consulting the wiki a lot lately because they Damn. uh and Unfortunately, uh the Emperor's new wiki a lot of people make up shit on there so yeah and just because, post uh, random like characters they made up or uh um references to completely unrelated things I don't yeah at least the last time I was there there were like a whole bunch of made up character i mean they're all made up i mean not made by disney characters yeah like fan-made characters like i'm sure that's what this this article about turtle was also uh but uh the the the, there should be like an emperor's new groove fan and wiki or something yeah there's one of those an emperor's new wiki yeah Um, the emperor's newer wiki that's what we should call it you will, I mean, if you want me to just consult with people who actually worked on the, <laughs> on the things to write the wiki to get like, hey, I'm doing this thing for this wiki. I have questions like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we, we could, we could. Uh, anyway, was there anything else in this episode? I, I, I have one note on here. Which I think was about the after credit scene, but I yeah. forgot what the after credit scene was. Cus- but my Cus- Cusco has to take over Yada's shift as oh as right to, to make up for being so mean to her. Yeah, and my um, note that I wrote here is: was dressing in drag part of the deal, or did Cusco just choose to do that on its own, on his own? I like to believe the latter. Yeah, that uh, that's fun to me. I think if he. He was just like, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm just gonna do this anyway. It's like, it, it's like that one Bugs Bunny, uh, gag. That's like, well, you know that there are, ma- that there are male waiters, right? And he, he's like, well, yeah, but I like the height the heels give me. Yeah, I came up with a ride once, and it was an Emperor's New Groove ride. Uh, and at one point, the scene from Mod Cousins recreated, but uh, Cusco is with Molina, and Molina's wearing a fake mustache, and she tells him, no, you could have worn the must- the fake mustache, and Cusco, who's dressed as his lady self, says, yeah, I know. That sounds amazing, and I wish that was a real ride. Uh, uh, how many times does Cusco dress and drag in this show? I feel like show? it's not enough. I don't know, but he did dress and drag both in, in both movies. Oh um, yeah, that is true. That 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 is a that is a consistent per- thing with his character. He pretends uh, to be he pretends to be uh Kronk's wife in Kronk's New Groove. Yeah, and also everybody else pretends to be Kronk's wife. Yep. Or his children. Yeah. The old people pretend to be his babies. You're Kronk's wife, you're Kronk's wife, you're Kronk's wife, I'm Kronk's wife. Are there any other Kronk's wives I need to worry about? Meow. <laughs> um, I, I love that, like, one of Cusco's few moments in Kronk's new groove was him dressing in drag. That's fun. But anyway, um... Anything else we forgot to mention in this episode? Oh, Um, right. Well, uh, Yzma briefly considers going by the alias Yzma Man before deciding on Yzma Woman. Uh, So that's... I don't know what else to say about that, but I just found that fascinating. Uh, 
anyway, what what else? What else is there? Um, there's one thing where Cusco, uh, freaks out and asks for help, and Yada just says, "I would, but I don't like you right now." And yeah, just, that, that that's fair considering the last thought... two episodes she was in because like. Oh, right, because Cusco was, like, using his laser vision to make his own version of Mount Everest. Mount Rushmore. Or Mount Mount Rushmore, I mean, I, uh, where, uh... We're, we're gonna put, we're gonna replace the Yeti in Expedition Everest with Cusco. Yes, yes, that's... That, I, I mean, the Yeti isn't working right now, and you might as well. Uh, it's it, been over... Who cares if it, if people question what is Cusco doing in the Himalayas? <laughs> Yeah, no, he's just he. Well, he got me. By all accounts, it doesn't make sense. Welcome to the Himalayas. Yeah, how come? How how come they never they never uh had him on like the Matterhorn or Expedition Everest or anything? Uh, yeah, that I mean, probably the reason is because it's just very hard to uh like i i want to do that to the matterhorn just uh because i know that it would piss this twitter off <laughs> i think that the matterhorn was like the reason they haven't replaced the matterhorn animatronic is because it was like the whole thing was built around the animatronic that's so why they, they didn't replace the yeti in everest yeah i am i getting my rides mixed up i might I be think so I, I don't know. Because I, I think they a, did update the Yeti in uh, Matterhorn. I, I'm not a Disney a Parks back. expert, unlike most of the people that you have on this podcast. Like me. Yes. Uh, um. uh, oh, yeah. Also, Cusco flies to China and gets Chinese food uh, and doesn't yep. let Tavo eat any of it. Yep. But, uh... That is uh, not a stereotype that aged particularly well. Nope. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't, I, 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 I don't have much more to say about that besides, yeah, that was, that was kind of awkward. Uh, yeah. in retrospect. That was a little awkward, Bonnie. Oh, was yeah. Awkward. Uh, was well. Awkward Go scout. Oh yeah, and while well, I forgot to mention, while he was trying to make uh, Mount Rushmore into his image, uh, like uh, Yada was trying to like ask for his help, like picking up his books or her books or whatever, and he's like, "No, no, no, I'm busy. I'm busy doing this very important thing," and that's yeah. why that's why she's mad at him. These la the 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 two episodes that were paired here, the main theme seems to be Cusco just being a dick to Yada. Yeah. That is the consistent theme. Makes sense. Uh Cusco being every episode Cusco's being a dick to somebody. Yeah, but Yada seems to be the ma the uh a uh, uh common target in this one. Yeah. Um again voiced by Miley Cyrus because synergy. <laughs> mm. Yeah, of course. She had to be in everything around this time, you know. Uh this show, Hannah Montana, yeah. obviously. So you know, there was a musical episode of The Emperor's New School, and they had a scene where all the characters were auditioning, and Yada is one of the people who auditions, and uh she sings terrible and doesn't make it. Yeah, I thought that I thought that was funny. 
I wonder how hard it was for Miley Cyrus to pretend to not sing well. Yeah. I want I I uh uh I I would I would like to have been in uh like the recording booth when that would was Would you like to have been like, a fly on the wall? Yeah, that that was I was thinking of making that joke but I forgot if that was a Miley Cyrus song or not. It is. It's also a podcast with David Spade and Dana Carvey. Oh, wow. no way. Oh. Yeah. yeah, so uh so yeah, uh I I just think it would be funny they're like, "Okay, Miley, I know I know you're the best singer we have here, but please don't sing well in this part." Please. Um, acting. <laughs> You're not allowed to sing well in the musical episode of this show. Uh, I don't... Mr. Girl, not yet a woman. Um, yeah. So anyways, like I said, uh, I really enjoy Kronk yelling at you, Scott. <laughs> I think yeah, that was that was great. That was a highlight, and just how indignant he is about like, he, and he said he was better than Pajama Llama. Who is this guy? And then, then he's just like, who cares? I have another thing going on. <laughs> and he calls him a mini dum dum. Yeah, you're uh, being a big mini dum dum. Oh yeah, that was that was a running joke. Uh. Uh, now that I think about it, since this episode, the consistent theme was Cusco being a jerk to Yada, it makes sense that the ending thing is specifically centered around Yada getting her, uh, getting her revenge. That's, that's the show, basically. If Cusco's a dick and then, uh, he pays for it. That's basically yeah. the entire premise of the show. That that's pretty much this entire franchise except Kronk's New Groove. Yeah, well Kronk's New Groove was about Kronk. You see, yeah, that's that, the one time Cusco let him have that one. <laughs> yeah, that's like the one time that Cusco's character development stuck. And then it was it the rest of it was like, no. <laughs> Sorry. I mean Kronk's dad, he got character development in that movie that stuck throughout the rest of the show. I mean, we don't see him a whole lot in the show, but yeah, he doesn't really, he isn't really rude to Kronk. He isn't uh, basically like uh, homophobic or queerphobic or something. Yeah, like wait, was he, wait, was he homophobic in the movie? No, um, but not overtly because Kronk, you know, is, Kronk has a girlfriend in the movie, but uh, there's parallels there in the movie between oh. how he reacts to Kronk liking cooking and talking to animals and how a parent might react to their child coming out. Um, oh. And uh, what, I believe one of the people, not the director, but one of the people came up with a story incidentally also came up with the emoji movie, which is not as good, even though Kronkston Groove isn't great either. Um, it's at least better than the emoji movie. I yeah. Would think. Uh, was gay. And apparently the emoji movie was about them coming out as a gay person. So I wonder if that's also what Kronk's New Groove is supposed to be about. I, I I'm gonna need to I'm gonna need to watch Kronk's New Groove again. And then Kronk dances with his girlfriend, voiced by Tracy Ullman, and he has a disco ball. And the lights in the disco ball are the bicolors. 
Wait, Tr- Tracy Ullman from the Tracy Ullman show? That the very same, yes. Wow, I didn't know that she was in that. That's cool. Yeah, they they have a really weird scene where that starts with them sexually baking bread together. Oh, oh. yeah, I forgot about that part. And uh, then they I... dance to Earth, Wind, and Fire, and the disco lights are the pan the the bi color, the colors of the bi flag. Awesome. So so Kronk is an autistic icon and a bicon also. And apparently Jewish, yes. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's just actually canon and not just us going into subtext. According to Disney, they for a couple years there they used him for Well, that's cool. Uh, he had um, a Jewish wedding in Kronk's New Groove specifically because one of the directors of Kronk's New Groove was Jewish and wanted to put that in there. Nice. Which makes him more authentically Jewish than he is authentically Incan because as far as I know, no one Peruvian has worked on any of these, any of these. Although he did, he did, uh, he did really like the Santa Claus figure, Papa Santos in that one episode. Yeah. Have you covered that episode yet? Yeah, I believe Doggins was on that episode oh yeah oh. yeah uh good for dave <laughs> dave um, is great so uh, yeah i i liked this one better than the previous one just because i thought the premise was more interesting yeah i definitely think that the second segment in this episode was better than uh the the first one uh I mean, the first one had a couple interesting bits, but it was it 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 wasn't like enough to make it that memorable. Uh, yeah. I I mean, I remembered a lot of the things from this episode specifically, or from from the second segment, but not as much from the first one. Uh, yeah. Uh. Uh, anyway, uh, what, what else did anything else to say about this segment? Um, I'm leaving it open to the other guests to say what they want. Well, I think what's really special about Kuzco, man, is that it's, oh, here we know, go. It, it's a work that is prescient. It was way ahead of its time, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it's a satire and a really scathing satire, I should say on the superhero genre and the fixation we as a culture have on it you know years ahead of its time i think that's part of the reason why this episode wasn't as celebrated when it first came out but history is written by the victors and i think it's very clear in hindsight that this is a really significant work it's not just it's not just a great work of television it's an important work of television this episode because i think what it shows in terms of the superhero genre is way ahead of its time. We, we, we think of how the superhero as a trope was, you know, a heroic, albeit shallow character that we could all look up to. But then as this, you know, motif was developed, um, we had to see the darker sides, the ramifications of being what is essentially a demigod in a world of mortals, right? And that's what Kuzco Man becomes in this narrative. He, we see a wanton, reckless destruction of the town, of his, of his own kingdom, ironically, um, when he's blasting through the walls and shooting through the ceilings. Um, 
And we also see the ethics of this ultimate power. I mean, he uses his male gaze in a very casual way when ogling the uh, uh, the cheerleaders, as you both have, as you three have described so eloquently. And you know, I understand that this episode has been maligned for 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 maybe not feeling as canonically appropriate to the rest of the series. But I think it's also a brilliant stroke of magical realism that this is a show that is willing to take those kinds of risks and take its audience on a journey that may have been unexpected. And again, maybe it wasn't appreciated in 2006, 2007, but, you know, 20 years on, we can see, hey, there was these guys were onto something. They were, they were looking into their crystal ball and saw years ahead of what was going to be and made a statement through their own craft, through, own, through their own art that is evergreen and everlasting. So I'm very thankful for the Kuzco Man episode. And I wish that more people had as much you know, awareness of it as you three do. So thank you for giving it the time that we need to um, really dissect this masterwork. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely had as well eloquent thoughts as that, definitely. <laughs> Uh, you're very good at this podcasting thing kevin well thank you <laughs> um jake yeah do you have any thoughts i was gonna make another family guy joke but uh yeah just more uh, more solid stuff so I just uh I realized uh did you all hear that rain? No. What what rain? Oh, uh, I guess my uh, voice isolation mode on my mic seems to be working because I was sitting outside in a thunderstorm while I was saying this stuff. Oh, oh wow. Cool. That well, I I didn't pick up on any of that. That's, That's awesome, a very good dude. mic, I guess. It glad it was all filtered out um cuz it was heavy heavy rain. Um well no, I was sitting out on my porch. So I didn't get wet, but no, I'm just, I, I, no, it was just another long, for a big. great, great, uh, solid stuff overall with, uh, with the Cusco stuff, you know, go, uh, K Z U C O. Yeah. That spells Cusco. Go, go, uh, go Ken and Bonnie and all those <laughs> other guys. Go Patrick Warburton. And Jennifer Tilly, who has nothing to do with this show. Jennifer Tilly is the well, not yet. <laughs> who knows yeah. if Jennifer? Who knows if Jennifer Tilly wants to get her hands dirty with with the Cusco franchise? When when they when they do the new uh, more serialized Emperor's New Groove show uh, to fit in with the modern Disney, uh, which will probably be much more successful. <laughs> um, Maybe Jennifer Tilly will play uh Croc's long lost sister. <laughs> yeah, something like that, sure. And and what of the um what of the uh rumored live action remake? Um uh, who do we see as a dream casting for that project? Um Peruvian people. I mean, I think that I think that if there is going to be a live action Emperor's New Groove, I think that Patrick Warburton should just reprise his role. Uh I think I that we should just have him play Kronk in like just like a Halloween costume Kronk cosplay. I I pitched I pitched what the 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 version that I would want to see 
um on twitter and it uh and one person was like this is too meta yeah that's the what the entire franchise is it's the emperor's uh. new groove like uh but yeah like uh like a better version of not exactly a better version of the plot isn't the same but it's a hybrid like rescue rangers was um but it's about Cusco finding out they're making a remake and just breaking the fourth wall and trying to initially trying to sabotage it, but then trying to help uh, the actor who plays him uh, grow as a person. Yeah, I I think that your uh, version of the movie is probably way better than the actual movie is going to be. Uh, yeah. If it if it is going to be a thing, I don't I know mean, if it's going to be a thing. We don't stitch so. Oh uh, yeah, that like all that I've been seeing like conflicting stuff about the Lilo and Stitch remake because I'm not I I keep seeing all the things. images you've been seeing are probably made up, but the casting yeah, is I've, real. I've been getting conflicting uh things about that. Uh and they're remaking yeah. Moana, which isn't even ten years old yet. No, maybe it, it will, seems mature it to do by, it. It will be by the time it comes out, maybe. But came out in 2016. I remember Bugsland at DCA to see there. There was, I think they were still having the previews for either Moana or Doctor Strange when I was at the the you Bugs. Know, I just love all the you know Moana. Just such an iconic movie about bugs. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess if you stretch, you could say Tamatoa is kind of a bug. Well, I mean, are crabs bugs? They're arthropods. The definition of bug is very inconsistent. Some people just use them to refer to insects. Some people use them to refer to any kind of arthropod. So it doesn't really matter. Wait, when are you having Shea Frillis on if we're talking about Tamatoa? <laughs> um, in the when we do a Moana episode, I don't know. Maybe that'll be a different podcast entirely. I don't know. Yeah, if you get Shea Frillis, that'll be a big deal. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, that would be awesome. Well, Tamatoa hasn't always been this glam. Uh, Tamatoa, did you see, have you seen or seen video of the animation show at Hollywood Studios that's projected on the Chinese theater? The, um, oh, I can't remember the name of it. The world of magical world of animation or wonderful world of animation or something. Yeah. Yes, I think that's what it's called. Um, I've only seen it once. And despite me living so close to Disney World, I have not seen it again. Oh, well, there's an entire villain section and they show pretty much all the villains from the entire animated canon because they can. Um, but the main three that it's dedicated, that has entire like sections of music and stuff dedicated to are the very strange but funny selection of Hades, Yzma, and Tamatoa. <laughs> Even Frollo's in it? I believe there's probably a very brief clip of him in it, yes. Because oh. it has footage from every single movie from the Disney animated canon snuck in there somewhere. Wow. Even Chicken Little. Oh my really? god. Wait, yeah. what? I'm sorry, wait, what? what is it? I, I, I spaced out for a second. What is this fr thing that has Chicken Little footage? It's a, it's a show they project on the Chinese theater at Disney's Hollywood Studios at Walt Disney World. 
Oh wow! I I did not expect there was any Chicken Little representation in the parks. Uh, there was when it came out for sure. Not so much now. Because when when it came out, they made they they wanted to scare the children, so they created a giant inflatable Chicken Little for both Disney California Advance Adventure and MGM Studios um, to promote the movie, and it mostly just scared people. Interesting, and also uh, it contradicted the name of the movie. That's not a that's not a, a little chicken. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Chicken Little when I was a kid, but as an adult, I don't think it was that great. But you know, I liked I liked seeing it in three D. That's pretty much where my and I blame because Chicken Little was directed by the same director who directed Emperor's New Groove, um, but Michael Eisner. Once Kingdom of the Sun was changed to New Groove, Michael Eisner was pretty hands-off at that point because he was exhausted and the other executives were exhausted. Chicken Little has Michael Eisner's fingerprints all over it. As completely different from what Mark Dindle wanted to do. Oh yeah, that makes sense. For one thing, Chicken Little was supposed to be a girl and Michael Eisner was like, no... Girls don't get bullied. We have to make him her a boy. I mean, Buck Cluck is the worst father of any animated movie I've ever seen. I will say, just strictly from a, a moral, ethical standpoint, Pocahontas is a worse movie than Pick and Little. Yeah, I, mean, I, can, I can see that. Yeah. Based entirely on the fact that it's based on an actual fanfic, fanfic, a uh, creepy old man wrote, where he shipped himself with someone who was like eleven. I'm. Wait, what? Huh? John Smith, John John Smith was a creepy old man, and he wrote a fictional account of the events, and that's what the Disney movie is based on. None of it is just. A lot of it is not historically accurate. No, I, he, I knew that it wasn't historically accurate. I just didn't know about that part. But wow, that's not good. Yeah, uh, and they still, and for some reason, they still acknowledge the movie and like reference it in the parks and stuff. Um, I mean, because it, it was a it was a financial success, and like Pocahontas is but, technically considered one of the Disney princesses, I, so you got it. I know, but I would appreciate some consistency on your what movies you decide to bury and whatnot, Disney. The consistency I'm... is if they still make us money. Stop burying stop burying bread knobs and broomsticks, Disney. Um what I was gonna what was I gonna say? I was talking about uh Pocahontas. Oh it, and then uh John Smith lit a pipe and it blew up in his face and he... that really ah. happened. <laughs> like a cartoon character. He lit it wrong, I believe, and it blew up in his face and injured him. And then he, and then at some point, eventually he died. Obviously, well, <laughs> serves him right. Okay, Peter. <laughs> so, uh, anyone have uh, anything they want to plug? Uh, I well, I have. Uh... I have uh, my Twitch and YouTube channel that are both called Miss Jukebox 8. Uh, 
recently I put out uh, a short film called If I Had a Little Money uh, that is like kind of I would like some. It's so it's it it's sort of what I consider my magnum opus at the moment. So you know I would have just pre it, it includes a lot of stuff about lore of my videos and stuff. Now I'd appreciate if some people checked it out. But also, I do like gaming videos and stuff. Uh, recently on Twitch, I've been streaming uh, the Ace Attorney games every week. Uh, so if you like that, then check that out. I'm also on Twitter at juke underscore box eight. Uh, and uh, yeah, that that that's uh, uh, most of the important stuff, I think. Uh, also I was on, well, I, I was on one episode of this podcast before, and also another episode I was, uh, or it wasn't me, it was my, uh, doppelganger, Miss Spookbox, who was definitely a different person from me. And wasn't, wasn't that when, uh, Yzma was hosting? Yes, Yzma, yes, that was while Yzma was hosting, uh, and, uh, and Agatha Vile was also on that, and uh, I'm really upset I didn't get to media either of them, but that's fine. Uh, anyway. Jake? It, uh, anyone else? Move, move on for me. Is it my Jake? turn to plug things? Yeah. Okay. Uh, of course, I have a Twitter. Uh, Jcot Center. Play on Epcot Center. Very original. Um, of course, I have my uh, my YouTube channel, which is the exact same words. I upload uh, little uh, reviews and things like that. And uh, instrumentals, instrumental rips. Uh, don't ask where I get my sources because uh, that is a secret where I get my sources for instrumentals. It's well, actually, no. It's to everybody. Well, actually, it's not really a secret. It's it's AI. Oh, oh. How the AI trend. Well, you aren't using AI voice actors, though, right? No, it, it's it's um what it is. It's it's a um it's a vocal remover. Uh -huh. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that was a thing. That is a thing, and it actually makes good good results because it, it's it's it doesn't get the best results because what I could do is I could just go into the files and look up the the like the back left and right channels and extract the audio from there but i'm not enough of a cinephile or audiophile to to really just go and extract the 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 sound files just to get like half decent results huh huh ah like like that scene from Force Awakens. I bypassed the compressor. Huh. All right, uh, Kevin. Hey, folks. Uh, I'm out of character now. It's been fun. <laughs> um, so um, my name is Kevin Shrek. I'm a documentary filmmaker and some other things and stuff. And um, I made a movie called Persistence of Vision, which is about master animator Richard Williams and his 30-year-long uh, Odyssey to make his magnum opus, The Thief and the Cobbler, which was kind of the greatest animated film that never was, allegedly. That is on DVD and on Vimeo, uh, on demand. I've also got another movie called Tangent Realms on there about another, you know, fascinating visual artist. That's also on Blu-ray, DVD, Vimeo. I'm in the midst of a 
documentary that is an animation live action hybrid about a really talented um, woman musician uh, who is a rapper. And I'm shipping off to um, Antarctica actually this July to shoot uh, a feature length documentary down there with a team of amazing scientists. So um, when I'm not watching cartoons, (laughs) thank you. When I'm not watching cartoons, I sometimes do fun stuff outside the house. Yeah. I I try to, but it's given uh, circumstances in my life right now, it's not as easy as uh, it used to be. Well, you know, it's understood. It's tough out there. But also, uh, don't forget, it's never been easier to make a movie and to be creative than today. The technology has never been more available um, the uh, or affordable. Um, and uh, I think anyone who's got that itch to scratch and tell a story or be creative, uh, go for it, you know? Technology so, is incredible. Yeah, yeah, and it's all it's all at our fingertips now, right? It's wild what we're capable of, so don't let that limit you too much. You know, make something that you're uh, proud of and feeling inspired by, and uh, I think if you tell a good, sincere, honest story, well, the right people will care about it and uh, support it, and um, yeah, keep at it. I... Uh have a documentary of my own um about the emperor's new groove the big surprise i know <laughs> that yes. is on youtube called beware the groove the making of a cult classic i also ha- that's on the emperor's new podcast youtube channel which i will get back to in a moment but i also have a youtube channel called fireblast studios where i mostly just upload like a bunch of animated content um and i'm in the midst of trying to figure out how to get together enough money that I can get other animators to also help me work on uh, Firebuzz Studios for a fully animated feature. Um, Sharks. Um, uh, at On Twitter, I, I'm at Micah Hirsch and the podcast is at Podcast T-E-N-P. Um, and I, on the podcast YouTube channel, I also have both part one and part two of an animatic I made of a fanfic I wrote over 10 years ago um, called The Platypus's New Groove, which is a crossover between uh, Phineas and Ferb and the Emperor's New Groove. And I I call it a fanomatic because obviously it's fan-made. Miss um, Jukebox voices Ferb in that. And uh, two, I, if things go according to plan, two uh, of the other voice actors who are in it are going to hopefully be guests on the next episode. Oh, that's exciting. All right. Uh, I would say I, that Ferb uh, is probably one of my uh, greatest roles. Uh, definitely one of my most uh, uh, my, one of my deepest characters that I've portrayed. I think. Uh, What's his name?